at any point share, discuss. Um, the slides are here just for keeping pace, but we don't have to go by them um, by any means. So this topic, um, how to love the life you have, um, was something I came across in like a, a meditation uh, you know, that was emailed to me. And it was actually, even if it's not the life you wanted. Um, and it went through, you know, and, and it was so catching for me because it went through the reader saying, um, you know, my life, I pictured it a certain way, and here I was at this point where I wasn't where I wanted to be in my career, you know, I wasn't where I was supposed to be, I thought I would have had kids by then, I thought, you know, all these things, um, so where do I go from here, if, if God's plan doesn't necessarily align with what my plan was, so I, I loved it, um, and have tried to get some things together, and I hope that it touches you too, so, so the main focus here, if you'll just remember this Bible verse, so I have come that they may have life, and that they may have it more abundantly. Um, so this is really it. God doesn't want us just kind of like pushing through life. Um, wants us to live abundantly, like to the full loving life, grabbing it and seizing it. Um, and then there's practical steps. Uh, Proverbs 31 Ministries um, is actually the, the meditation that I had mentioned that was kind of the impetus for all of this. And we'll, you'll, you'll see it. This is like a teaser. You'll see it at the end, uh, the actual words of it. Okay, so just um, before we get started, if you guys don't mind, we'll just say a quick prayer. Um, dear Lord, thank you for bringing us here all safely, all together in this moment. You know the deep desires of the hearts of everyone here, any pain, any hurt, um, successes, hopes, everything. We lay it all at your feet, God. Please let us not have our understanding, but truly, truly leave it to you and take what we need to hear from you today. Please bless us. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, it was like the, uh, the sermon, I think, last week or the week before of the Bible reading, and it was like, in your prayers, say them in Jesus' name. Okay, so disclaimer slide. slide. So anytime I've given a professional talk, there's always a mandatory um, disclaimer slide. So if you've gotten sponsorship, um, the group is aware that you know to watch for any potential biases. So there has been no sponsorship, but you should know. Uh, my only disclaimer is my professional background is in healthcare as well as fitness. So all through this, there will be pepperings of, uh, of things that really do encourage you to have a sort of healthier lifestyle, uh, a lot of mental health type of things. But of course, first and foremost, it's a Christ-centered talk. But just, just in case you're wondering where the added spice is coming from. Okay, so the agenda um, is going to be just a quick connections icebreaker. Um, what happens when things don't go as planned? We're going to talk a little bit about acceptances, some of God's promises that we can hold on to, and then an actual tangible plan that you can take with you. Um, and there is a little bit of a swag bag after. Um, so gratitude, emotional resilience, and exercise, and then kind of the next steps. Any questions? Are you guys excited? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Great. Um, okay, so Connections Icebreaker. So Mother Teresa was asked, what is the greatest disease of society today? And this is a time, remember, where like tuberculosis, these are big things. Uh, and her answer was, it's actually loneliness. And I don't know, who's heard the UK, what they did? Anybody? They appointed a minister of loneliness, like this was a government campaign, and they found that loneliness was actually killing people, so proven to be worse um, for your health than smoking 15 cigarettes a day. It's, it's, it's a massive problem, um, and that people are just not connecting. So that's a little segue into our icebreaker. So we're just going to go around and get everybody's name real quick. Um, and what happens is when we know people's names, and maybe one fact 
if you don't mind sharing, and it can be nothing profound, like your favorite color, your favorite meal, um, your favorite movie, your hobby, anything like that, um, just so that we start building that feeling of connectedness. Uh, it releases oxytocin in your brain. We know each other, we're family. So um, I'll start, my name is Sandra, and I love baking. Sandra is my teacher. My, her fitness instructor, it's true. She's very good. Very good. She'll model her burpees later. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like Alright. And my name is Micheline and I church retreat, retreat where we did this and you'll be amazed how things will stick in your head and then you see people and so the whole point is in the brain it's actually releasing oxytocin now you see these people and you feel like a little sense of camaraderie right and there's a lady at church I see her 
every week until now. That retreat was what, like six months ago? I'm a chameleon who likes Molochia. It's like his green soup. <laughs> and, and I feel like I know her, you know, I feel close to her. So anyway, so thanks for sharing. So again, the connectedness is so, so important. Um, at our workplace, we actually did suicide prevention training. And the idea was, you were, so, Hi, Alex. Uh, you were supposed to, um, this was if, if you needed to intervene with a patient before they could get you know, to the hospital or care. And they said there was one protective factor, one protective factor that, was, that you could talk people sort of down, you know, if they're on the ledge or if they're on the call and they've got a bottle of pills. Does anybody know what it is? Big hint, it had to do with what we just did. That connect, connectedness, exactly. So they felt connected, whether with you or anybody. So if you make eye contact with anybody at your workplace, at church, at anywhere, it could, could truly be life-saving. So just something to remember about the, really the power of connections. So do we all feel like we've broken the ice? Okay, amazing. So we talk about things didn't turn out the way I planned. Um, so some of these things, and really the focus is how, how to love your life despite of this. So some of the things I thought of, without looking at the slides, can you guys think of, of just things, and, and it doesn't at all have to be relevant to you, but things that people might be thinking at a certain stage in their life, like this is not how this was supposed to go down. Any ideas? Try, try to not read the screen. <laughs> Michelle. You didn't get into the school or the program that you wanted to. You exactly. To. That's right. You've been groomed all your life for this program, and then you didn't get in. Perfect example. Anything else? Not married at the age you thought you'd Exactly. Exactly, you know, and then you know, and there's, and there's just pressure, you know, and these balance and everything and all these, you know, functions, exactly. And, and so now this is, this is not how this was supposed to go down. What else? Anything else? I'm still in the same job. I'm still in the same job, exactly, exactly. So all these things where people, and then, and, and, and you can imagine, right, what happens? How, how do people feel when they start telling themselves? Um, one of our psychologists, Simon, actually says, it was like, you know the equivalent of the swear jar where you have to put money? Um, theirs is the should've job. The should've jar is actually what our mental health colleagues say. Anytime you're saying to yourself, I should be somewhere else, I should be doing this, it's actually a very harmful word. So when they do cognitive CBT, not CBD, that's another talk, CBT, <laughs> uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, is exactly that. It's catching words that are harmful uh, and stopping them. So, so when you find yourself in this, you know, I should have been doing this, or it could even be, I should be doing laundry, I should have really done that renovation. Um, just catch that word, and maybe it's I could have, you know, uh, but not just, because it immediately puts that feeling of, of what? How do you feel when you're telling yourself I should be married by now or I should be in another job now? How does that make you feel? Guilt or Absolutely, guilt, regret, perfect, you know? Um, not where we wanna be, so, so that's one of the first things. So catching the thoughts and the words that we're saying to ourselves and working from there. Got it. You see my technical difficulties there? It's breaking into a sweat a little. I'm like, the arrow, the arrow. I got it. Um, okay, so when, so one of the things, who's heard of the grief cycle? Anybody? Does this look familiar to anybody? A few of you. Okay, so the grief cycle is, is really important because when any of those things that we talked about happen, um, it's important to come to acceptance before we can heal and have this happy life that we want. Um, 
So in terms of, a lot of times we think of the grief cycle in terms of bereavement. Somebody has passed away. Um, but that is not the only context that we see it, right? So a lot of these things, so grieving a loss of, you know, the career choice, you know, like, like Micheline was saying, you know, didn't get into that program, or maybe I'm not able to have children, or, you know, whatever has happened, sometimes it's healthy to go through sort of to know what emotions you go through sort of and then how to come out of that so that you can move on to our whole talk of today, how to live your best Christ-focused, happiest life. Um, so there's denial, anger, depression, bargaining, and acceptance. Um, and so I remember when we learned this in school, I always had, and especially because it's called cycle, I always thought it was sort of like a, you know, you travel through neatly and then you exit acceptance. Anyone that's gone through this or if you've talked to anyone in mental health, they'll tell you it's actually not so black and white. Um, it, it's very fluid. So you can kind of dance back and forth between, you know, make feel a little mad for a little bit, you know, and then a little bit sad and then a little bit mad. Um, you course through these. The, the, the thing to take from this, though, is that we are moving towards acceptance. So ideally coming to, I've accepted that this is how it is. Now, how can I move from here? How can I not be stuck in this spot? And we'll talk about what helps. So who listens to Father Anthony from Washington's sermons? Anybody? The well? So if you don't, they're amazing, amazing. My, one of my favorites is the men are like uh, waffles, women are like spaghetti. Not relevant for this talk, but it's a good one if you get a chance to hear it. So one of the talks that I really like, he says, why do bad things happen to good people? So again, when we're trying to go through that grief cycle, some things to think about. So he says, does your father want you to be happy? Like your human father. Would you all say yes? Yes, we think so, right? Bob, most of the time, right? We want you to be happy. Um, but now, is that the only thing? Does your father want you just going through life, you know, and I've raised Sandura, she is happy, and we are good, as my dad would say, right? But that's not all that he wants for me, right? So the father wants his children to be disciplined, strong, resilient. So these are the things that are going to ultimately lead to eternal happiness. So knowing that and keeping that in context is God our Father. Yes, he wants us to be happy, and, and God willing, you can live a very happy life, but knowing that because we need to build the strength, the resilience, all these other things, that sometimes these bad things will happen. Does that make sense? Does that resonate? Okay, any questions about that? This is a pivotal part of what we're going to build on. Okay, so continued. So he says the struggles in our lives are used for our good and that there's usually three reasons. So when you're going through a struggle, something in maybe that second slide, things didn't pan out how you wanted, um, God allows this to happen sometimes so we can become more like Christ. So we're already built on his image and we're constantly trying to get purified to become more disciplined or to bring us to repentance. Um, so again, anyone that's gone through a struggle will tell you that that is sometimes the time where you're really reaching out to like the worship songs and, you know, and the Bible verses. Um, so really to bring us close. And another thing he said that I loved was wait until the end of the book. So he says, you know, you're in your life and if you get to this point where, you know, you're like, well, this, this is not how this was supposed to happen, but you're not at the end of your book, right? So he says, it's just like judging a movie. If you just paused it in the middle and said this, Movie's horrible, right? You can't, you have to wait until the end, right? See, see the whole picture, see your whole story and how God's gonna work things to come out. So that's the second piece of kind of waiting until the end of the book and knowing that there is sort of a struggle, but the, the whole goal is to have that, that joy in the end. 
Okay. Um, hold to God's promises. Um, how, and this is maybe a little bit personal, but now we know that you like pizza and scuba diving, so maybe you'll feel comfortable um, to share. But has anybody, or is anybody comfortable in sharing what they do or what their go-to is when they are struggling, kind of spiritually when you're down? Is there something that you do that brings you up? Friends. Okay, awesome. So that kind of connectedness like we talked about in the icebreaker, reaching out to friends, surrounding yourself, amazing. What else? What are people's, so again, when we did that uh, at, at my work, when we did that suicide prevention training, we had to go around and for mental wellness, they said every person had to say what they do for self-care. I won't make you all do that. Um, I, I know it's enough, you've, you've shared your names and your hobbies, but self-care is really important. Um, and they say that everyone's got to have something that you do that recharges you. And they went around. Do you remember Chichi? It was all kinds of things. You know, it could be shopping. It could be taking a long bath, taking a walk, praying, meditating. Um, but the idea is, if you can all just take a minute and just think, like, what do I do when 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 things are tough? And we'll talk about this in a couple of slides in emotional resilience. But I want you to start to think about that a little bit. So um, for me personally, um, I have two things. I like to work out vigorously to worship music. Um, and, I, and I have like a, a running thing on my notes of my phone of Bible verses and things that people had sent me um, in a particularly grievous time um, in my life. So, so some of my favorites, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. That's in Hebrews, which reminds me of my favorite. I'm gonna, I promise I'm only gonna limit it to two cheesy jokes. Um, but do you guys know the one about Hebrews? You do? Will you tell it, Alex? No, you tell it. Okay. Because <laughs> I'll still laugh like it's the first time I heard it. <laughs> okay, so there's this, so there's a man and a woman and they're arguing, right? And they're like, you know, you make the coffee, you make the coffee. And then the woman busts out the big guns. She's like, no, it says in the Bible that the man has to make the coffee. And he's like, show me, please. Show me in the Bible where it says that the man makes the coffee. She's like, right here in the book of He Brews. <laughs> So he, he made the coffee. And the other one, I was at a Hillsong United concert, um, and, and the guy was saying, you know, you know, all the gentlemen out there, you know, you're looking for a godly woman, you know, and you, and you don't know how to start a conversation. Maybe she's here, maybe she's worshiping. And he says, uh, he says you should turn to her and say, um, you know, my Bible's broken, right? And then she'll say, like, what do you mean? How's your Bible broken, right? And he's like, it's missing the whole book of numbers, so can I get yours? <laughs> and the other, and the, I promise no more, no more, but I'm told, I'm told I need to download or follow dad jokes on Instagram. Apparently it's very good. Uh, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Does anyone else have a verse, like a go-to that they say to themselves? I would love to hear it, and I'll probably add it to my phone. Does anybody have anything else that they say to themselves? Mona. This one, Mona? <laughs> I love it. We didn't plan this, I swear. That's one of my favorites, too. And were you, gonna, you were going to say one, too, right? I'm sorry, I don't know your name, the girl beside you. Um, there's one psalm I usually pray in times of like, fear, in times of um, depression. It's Psalm 91. Yes, my dad used to tell me as a little girl, this is 911. This is the Bible 911. That's a really good one. Thank you for sharing. Um, so this one, for I know the plans I have 
for you is the one that was my like go-to. Like I had it like on my monitor at work. I had it everywhere. Um, I just feel like it just gives you so much hope. Um, you know, God has, says he has plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in a future. Um, so if you don't already have these verses, guys, I encourage you to like write them down. Take a, you know, take a picture of them um, and remember them. Because when times, when things are tough, you want to be able to just pull that out. Um, and, and help you. Another one um, that I really like, and it's, and it's also timely, get it? I'm just on fire with these puns today. Um, <laughs> this uh, Ecclesiastes. So there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. So again, when we talked about those things that you could be struggling with in the earlier slides, um, a, a lot of it is knowing that not only is God faithful, not only does he promise um, to give us hope, but that he's got that timing. So again, Abuna Anthony always says, you know, God sees not only your small chain of events, but how it's going to affect your entire life and maybe further generations. So just knowing and truly trusting that God's got this. He's never late. You know, he's always, always on time. Um, <clears throat> so in terms of just, I'm going to share a little thing about God's perfect timing. Um, so bed, so for bedtime stories, like, I, you know, as, as a little kid, did you guys have any favorite bedtime stories? Anybody? Hmm? No, no. So, so I didn't, I didn't ever have like princess diaries or anything. My dad would come sit in my room, Mona, you know where this is going with Baba Carlos's miracles, right? And this was, this is a Pope that did uh, miracles um, and they're really fascinating books. So there's one that stuck with me forever. And I want to just put it in your heads um, because it may, may help you at a time when you're struggling as well. So it's the story goes, um, <coughs> and they're always the, it's the protagonist. So it's the person who happened to is writing this this miracle. So he says, you know, we were there. It was after, I think it was a liturgy, right? And so everyone walks up, you know, to kiss his hand and, and, and leave, right? So this guy goes up to, to greet him and, uh, and he's going to, to, to leave, right? And then, uh, and then Pope Carlos kind of clasps onto his arm and he's continuing to say, you know, hi to the other people, right? And so the guy's standing there, you know, checking the, his watch awkwardly, like this is in Egypt. So it's not like he can drive quickly to where he needs to go and he's got to get to to work, right? So he stands there awkward, yeah, guys, welcome, um, while, while Pope Carlos is holding him and just like greeting everyone. So at this point, he's almost breaking into a sweat. Like he's like trying to, you know, trying to like extract his arm. He's not letting go. So finally, Pope Carlos just turns at him at one point and is like, okay, you can go, right? So he, you know, hustles it to work, you know, gets to work, rushes up to the building uh, and there's a bunch of people outside and he's like, what happened? They're like, Oh my gosh, thank God you weren't here. They're like this, uh, you know, there was some building instability. Long story short, this massive, massive brick had like landed right where he would have been lecturing. Um, and they were like, if you had been here like five minutes before, you know, 10 minutes before, like you'd have been crushed. So the whole, the whole point is this is one scenario where we can see God's timing actually happened, right? But how many times does that happen that we don't know? How many times are people upset over a relationship that didn't work out or a job that you didn't get? And that's exactly it. God just like, you know, steered you out of the path of that boulder that was going to crush you. So again, when we're struggling with those things, just remembering that God's got his perfect timing and he's got your back, you know, and, 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 and it could just be that this thing that you're struggling with was the biggest blessing. Any comments? Feedback? Anybody? Yes. <laughs> and I applied for, I had actually applied when Target came here, I had applied for a job at Target. And I went to like, like several interviews and I didn't end up getting it. And I was like so mad about not getting it. And then a year later, they were gone. Yeah. I was like, I was at that time, I was like, I had like a much better job. And I was like, 
happy so that job now so uh but yeah i was like looking back at it i'm like thank god i didn't get it like i was so devastated when i didn't get that but job. at the time you were crushed right yeah. like but i was glad that i never got it because then i would have been one of those people that got let go exactly and that's a perfect perfect example do you have a story too? Oh, you applied to Target too? <laughs> you know what's funny is when I lived in Michigan, Target was a hit. You know, I like, until now, it's really big in the States. Somehow it just didn't, didn't, didn't happen here. Um, so again, so remembering guys that, that, you know, that God's got his perfect timing and that he really is helping you dodge bullets day in and day out. Uh, and believing that will really help, I think, or I pray, give you some comfort when things are not mapping out the way you had them. Um, okay, so now we are going to chat about gratitude. So if you guys were following sort of the agenda, we talked about what happens when things don't go our way. We talked about going through the grief cycle, coming to acceptance. We talked about having faith and hanging on to the, to the, the verses in the Bible of God's timing. God's got you. He's got a beautiful plan for you. Just stay the course. Now we're going to chat about gratitude. Um, so this one, um, this verse, rejoice always, Pray without ceasing in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do you see how there's even a picture? I was getting wild. I was telling Aki, like, I could barely put together the slides. So I'm really happy that there's a, there's a flower here. You guys see the, you see the <laughs> So this verse, um, uh, which really um, signifies gratitude. Um, and so... Um, from an evidence-based perspective. This is something that's happening uh, not only in our clinic, but in healthcare everywhere. There are now full studies being published in the medical community on meditation, on mindfulness, and on gratitude. Um, it's not just prescriptions. Um, so there's two psychologists, Emmons and McCullough, who actually did a large, large uh, study where they had one group of participants every day and they journaled, um, you know, things that they were thankful for. There was another group that journaled things that just bugged them, like venting, you know? Uh, and then there was a third group where they just wrote about anything, right? So variable, anything that you remember from your day. Um, so they did this for a 10-week course. So a lot of, we know that a lot of the benefits in mental health come after sort of nine, 10-week mark. Um, so they found that the group that had written about gratitude, that was the only intervention, were more optimistic when they did the quality of life surveys. They ranked better, and they also exercised more and had more, less visits to the physicians. So there's that whole thing of psychosomatic, where when you are emotionally not well, there's a lot of physical ailments. Um, so again, happiness um, really is coming from not having all you want but wanting all you have so taking that moment for gratitude um so we had a psychiatrist once explain it really really well where he said that if you imagine a lot of us now we're walking around in like fight or flight Do you guys know what that is fight or flight so it's that like response right uh, not realizing that we are not unwinding we're constantly like where's the fire right like i've got to get home i've got to get here i've got to get to work i've got to pack my lunch um and they said that the only way truly to reset it is to take at least three minutes a day to just be so be present and whether that looks like prayer for you just listening to you know to hymns or worship music just doing deep breathing um and, and taking a moment to think of three things that you are thankful for um has been has been proven to help you to be thankful so how can we cultivate gratitude? So prayer for sure, thanking someone mentally or writing a note or a text. Um, it doesn't have to be a telegram. It can just be, you know, that you're getting that thanks to someone. Keep a gratitude journal. So can I, should I sneak peek in or should I, what do you think? No, no, until at the end. At the end? Okay. Okay. <laughs> I like it. So we, we may have, we may have something about point three or maybe not after. <laughs> 
<laughs> count your blessings. Um, write a thank you note once a month, sometimes even to yourself. Um, so one of my very good friends who's in this room told me a really great thing that she did for her daughter where, uh, again, when she was, you know, growing up and going through these teen years and struggling with, you know, self-image and self-love where she put these little heart sticky notes uh, all over her mirror. And it was like, you are loved. Jesus loves you. You are beautiful. Um, so again, but that all has, whether you put yourself sticky notes, it's that constant positive reinforcement. And you'll never, ever say what word to yourself. Remember we said it? The equivalent of the swear drop? Should. Exactly. So you'll never tell yourself, I should be doing this. You know, maybe I could. Things went differently. Okay. Devoted prayers. Um, so virtues, uh, so St. Ephraim, um, and I love, and do you guys follow the edge? Who follows the edge on Instagram? Yeah, so it's, it, I really encourage you to. They have these um, verses all the time, and there's so many times where I've um, really loved it and captured it. So virtues are formed in prayer. Um, prayer uh, preserves temperance, suppresses anger, restrains pride and envy, and draws the Holy Spirit and raises the man to heaven. And again, and this one I thought was really good. Um, therefore, before we begin to pray, we ought to try to be the kind of people who we wish to God to find when we pray. So whatever we don't want creeping into times of prayer, we must try to keep out of the heart when we're not praying. Right? So it's not just like, I'm going to focus now, I'm praying, now I'm God's child, trying to kind of channel that throughout the, the whole day. Okay, so emotional resilience. Um, so resilience, uh, are there any engineers here? I was going to say, there's no way there's not one. Was there two? Did I get it? Okay. So, so in the engineering term, so, so our guys here, was it Alex and Mina? Alex and Mina, if you were to ask them at work, you know, what's resilience? They're going to tell you. It's the ability of a material to bounce back to its original form after being bent, stretched, or compressed. Am I right, guys? Is that, yes? Yes? Engineering resilience? All right. Uh, from, a, from a human perspective, it's our capacity to recover after adversity. So same idea, just like the, you know, the engineering, we want to be able to bounce back um, from, from a struggle. So note bene, um, the focus is not just to endure. So we're not trying to just like muscle through or rough it, you know, until just this next patch where I can get good with God again and I can enjoy life. Um, but having a clear, well-executed strategy to recharge. Everybody, did that sit with everyone for a second? So we're not just like roughing through the troubles, but we want to have a plan of how we're going to regroup. So when we don't recharge, we burn out physically and mentally. Um, and then here is a toolkit for you on emotional resilience. Um, so again, meditate. Uh, a calm mind is powerful. Sleep. Um, so if you are not getting good quality sleep, that affects your uh, emotions, your memories, um, so many things, and just some simple things. Um, and if you want to hand out on sleep, let me know after. I can send you the one we use at work, and it's excellent. Um, but just a couple of things. Have a fixed wake-up time and try to unplug devices, screen time, blue light filter, all of that. Experts say three hours before bed. We tell people at least one hour. So if you just want to tweak that you're getting adequate sleep, hydrating, so from the first thing in the morning, drinking a cup of water. If you drink coffee, you want to be having two cups of water for every one of those cups. Reflection, journal, um, your mindset. So again, manage your mind. And then emotional agility. So remembering that your response to life's events are what define you, but not the events themselves. Any questions? Okay. And then physical exercise. You knew I was going to get it in, didn't you? <laughs> okay. There's Bible verses, guys. There's Bible verses. So, beloved, I pray that you 
all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. So St. Paul often talked about kind of the physical health um, and also, but I discipline my body and keep it under control lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Just for fun, does anyone know what the Health Canada recommendations are for exercise in adults? How many minutes a day or week? 150 per week, amazing. 150 per week. Um, so roughly that's about 30 minutes a day, five days a week. The good news is you can break them down into intervals of 10 minutes and you will still have the mental benefit if you get your heart rate up. So if you find that you can do like a 10 minute walk in the morning, you know, 10 minutes later, something at lunch, a Zumba class, whatever you like, um, you can get those minutes of exercise. Um, and so the benefits I had mentioned, um, you know, it helps with sleep, mood regulation, increases your endorphins, the happier hormones, energy levels, and reduces the risk of chronic diseases. Okay. And the last thing I'm going to, um, to say about this is, so I mentioned at the beginning um, that the whole prompting of this topic of how to, you know, love your life, even if it's not the life that you wanted or um, imagined, um, was this, this meditation. I'm actually going to read it verbatim, if that's okay with you guys, because it's just so well done. So again, that first, first opening verse um, about, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Um, so here, that's where we see the contrast, right, of the devil trying to steal the joy, um, but Jesus, the giver of joy. He wants us to live happily and abundantly. Jesus was explaining that he's the answer to living the best life possible, regardless of what life is throwing at us. Um, and then choosing to learn to love my life, even if it wasn't the life I imagined, was the best choice I ever made. It wasn't easy, but I intentionally chose to let Jesus be the source of my joy, even in the less joyful circumstances. So again, if we're always trying to wait for our circumstances externally um, where we can have joy, it's possible you're going to be waiting for a while. But if we get to that point um, spiritually where we can really grab all of that uh, joy internally and that peace with Jesus, then you'll, you'll still have your your stability in a very chaotic, chaotic world. Um, again, it was on um, Instagram. I don't go often, but I follow Trust God Bro. Um, and they're very, very good. Do you, do you, do you know them? Trust God, very good. And this one thing was, you know, you don't have to ever worry when you're drowning because your lifeguard walks on water. Um, so here, the life you have today and all it includes or doesn't include, this is the kind of piece de resistance as we wrap up, uh, is God has given you. It's the life that you're supposed to love despite what it looks like. Um, it's the only life you have. Again, you can live it abundantly with joy based on Christ alone or let it pass you by as you let you know, problems, disappointments, or drudgery steal the, the zest for living. So sweet friend, no matter what you're going through, loving your life is a choice, not a byproduct of everything going our way. Um, does that sound right? You know, and there's a lot of books now, right, where they say even to love is a verb, you know, so to love your life is not something passive. It's making this intentional decision, you know, maybe in this moment, maybe today of like, God, this is the life you gave me. You've got a plan for me. You know, yes, maybe I'm disappointed that, you know, I'm uh, not at a certain point in my career or in my married life or with children or what have you. But this is where you need me to be. And you've got this. You know, the deep desires in my heart. You promised in Jeremiah 29, 11, um, that I'm just going to trust in you. You've got hope. You've got my whole future. Please give me that peace so I can love my life in this moment. Um, so, Lord, I want to enjoy my life and I commit to it from this um, moment. Um, does anybody have anything they want to share? Any feedback? See, I'm looking at you, Micheline. I feel like you. <laughs> Anybody? I have a question. Yeah. Uh, you were saying avoid the 
way the word should. Yes. But then how do you evaluate yourself, take corrective me measures, unless you say, I should have done better? Right. right. So yeah, no, so that's an excellent question. So the word itself saying, you know, um, I would like to do better, or I could do better, um, is still the same focus. So it's not taking anything from still reflecting and still like goal hunting. The idea is the, the context of the word should. Like if you say, I should have done better, you immediately kind of shamed yourself with that wording. Does that make sense? Like, I should have and I didn't, I failed. You know, versus I could have done better, maybe next time I can, you know, do some A, B, and C. So it's the same idea. If the idea is just that that word should, um, the science shows, makes people feel kind of defeated. Does that, does that make yeah. sense? Yeah? I should have gone to the stampede. I should have gone to Calgary. <laughs> He's from Calgary, if you guys didn't hear. So that's, <laughs> um, okay, amazing. That was great. Did anybody else have anything you want to share with your teammates that might be going through something? Does anybody else have any questions? We, we have, like, we have time. We have a few minutes before we go into the next episode. No? Okay. Oh, you're good. Okay. Okay. So. things happen and it's not because it's like conditioning them to grow like they've died well it's like how do you how do you um how do you figure 
how do you trust in God's perfect timing and the end result is not the positive result? You know, like yeah. or in my in our eyes, like not like I was I went to the meeting and I got crushed by the boulder, sort of Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great point. I have something I want to say, but I'm curious if does anybody have, and I'm sure we've all, you know, had that happen. I can definitely speak to that where you're like, how did this happen? Um, um, it's a great question. And there's some work by, um, I can say his name right, the guy who did flow, the guy who did flow. It's a psychology um, approach. But basically, he was, I think, in a Nazi concentration camp, and he got out of that. He was so curious why some people who have gone through that just crumbled emotionally and some people were resilient. And what he found in his research is that it's, it's all a state of mind and it's, it's determining what you can have control over. So for people who go through great trauma um, and things that they have no control over, it's how you react to, um, to that in terms of, of your mind. So having the determination that it's something I can eventually overcome or face. But anyways, he's got, that's amazing. That's amazing. And I remember a, a story on that point too. Thank you for sharing. Um, where there was, um, it was one of those miracles where again there was this girl who you know was sick, uh, and I think she was like on death's door, and 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 someone I can't remember the name. My dad will be able to tell you um, who was that uh, that healed healed her. She went on to live. Anyways. She ended up living a really tough life, like ended up, you know, um, going, I think, into prostitution and, um, you know, and different things like that. And so it was to the point where they were kind of lamenting, you know, this like, oh, my gosh, you know, like here we are trying to play God and interfere. And maybe God was trying to dodge that. And that's not at all saying that anyone who's gone, you know, was going to necessarily their life was going to take a detour. But I think that was just one sampling of God sees how things are going to pan out. Maybe it's merciful to take them at time. Maybe. They've, you know, they've had their purpose. Maybe they are going to continue to influence people after they're gone. But it's something I, as you know, struggle with um, also of, of, of why people have to die when, you know, when they're good people. Remember what we were saying? We should be mafinin so God doesn't take us early. <laughs> uh, um, so so these, these, are, these are good points. Like basically, uh, does anybody have any other things they want to share? Okay, so um, does anybody have a gratitude journal? Don't be shy, guys. We chatted about all this meditation. Nobody journals? 